0: You know What that sound means, it's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So, strap in, guys, it's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Lynn? This is your host, and Joe of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk a variety of sports, but specifically... We're going to talk about two teams in particular. We're going to talk some Atlanta Hawks basketball. The Hawks are in the midst of the Eastern Conference Finals right now. We are recording this before Game 5, so we'll be recapping Games 3 and 4 with our guest of the week via the Fan Bros Seasons fan line. And we'll also be talking about the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves have kind of had an up and down little stretch here. But, but on tonight's show, we're going to talk about the great game that the Braves had last night that yours truly was fortunate enough to be at. And and so we'll get into all those topics. We'll talk some Braves. We'll talk some Hawks and all that. But before I get into my opening statements on the show this week, I do want to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so now is the part of the show. Before we connect with our guest of the week via the Fan for All Seasons fan line, we have Jim and Joe's opening remarks on the pod. And these are just a couple topics here that have stood out to me over the past week in sports and from a local aspect and so the first of these, I mean I cannot tell you guys how exciting and how fun it is to be in the city of Atlanta and with all this Hawks stuff going on, I mean it is Hawks pandemonium here. Where I'm at, here here it is non-stop Hawks and it's really cool to see how Nate McMillan has really brought these guys into gel, and they've done a really good job of playing together as one and playing connected as a fist, as Coach Nate always says, and especially on the defensive end, I mean this, and we'll Get into it later as the show goes on. With this Hawks team, the way they play defense has really been fun, especially in games three and four. And and it's really been fun. And so I'm really excited about where the Hawks are as we get closer to game five, which will be coming up here at 8:30 tonight. And so, and so I feel really good about where this Hawks team is. I think the Hawks get it done in six. That's my early prediction. But we'll talk some more Hawks as the show goes on. And so a couple of brave notes I want to get to. And so I mentioned at the beginning of the Braves, or so as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, I was fortunate enough to be at the Braves game last night. And it was one for the ages. And the Braves ended up scoring 20 runs on 20 hits. Ozzie Albies had a career night. He had five hits, two home runs, seven RBIs. Had a great night from Ozzy. If you... If you want my opinion, I think Ozzie Albies is not only your nationally starting second baseman in or for the All-Star game, but I also think Ozzie Albies has got to be one of the best second basemen in Major League Baseball. Like, I think pound for pound, I mean, you could make an argument that Ozzie Albies I mean, just the way he hits, the way how clutch he is, I'm really, really excited to see what Ozzy can do down the line for the Braves. Now, Now, as far as some other notes from last night, the interesting thing, Ronald Acuna Jr. led off the game for the Braves. He had a solo home run. That is the 23rd leadoff home run of Ronald Acuna Jr.'s wonderful career. That's his twenty second on the season. So Acuna is heating up and doing what Ronald Acuna Jr. does best, which is do the wow, or which is to wow and amaze whenever he puts on the spikes. And uh, for the Braves, he also made a fantastic catch and right peel And I was really, really excited to see what Ronald could do not only with the bat, but with the glove. I mean, guys, he's just worth the price of admission. He's so special. I can do a whole podcast about how special Ronald Acuna Jr. is. But anyway, I want to get to a lighter note, or not a lighter note. But before I get to that, I do want to get to this other note regarding the Braves. The Braves have an uber-talented prospect named Michael Harris. He's the ninth-best prospect in the organization. He was the second-round pick in 2019 from Stockbridge High School. And the thing about this guy is, is last night, he had a 7-RBI night for the Rome Braves. And Michael Harris is picking up steam, and more and more people are beginning to warn his name. So I want Fan for All Seasons fans to keep an eye and ear out for young Michael Harris. The kid is 19 years old. Like I said, he's at Rome right now. And he's done a great job for the, for the Rome Braves. And next Sunday, he will be a part of the Futures game in Colorado. Next Sunday at 3 o'clock on MLB Network. Where he and Braves outfielder Drew Waters will be playing with each other. And so Brave fans will get a chance to look at the future of the Braves especially from the outfield perspective of Michael Harris and Andrew Waters. The interesting thing about Michael Harris is he profiled as a pitcher originally and was committed to go to Texas Tech. But But the Braves drafted him and the Braves were like, you know, I think we see Michael as more of an outfielder than a pitcher. So that's really cool. So Michael Harris, guys, is definitely a name that Brave fans need to keep an eye on. I know a lot of you in the know, like me, you know, who are podcasters or like sports media people, are big time into the process. Stuff and know who this guy is, but for the common Brave fan, I think you need to start checking the box scores and see what Michael Harris can do. Because I think he's the next great Braves young prospect to make his way through the system. So I'm really excited about Michael Harris. I do want to get to one lighter note, you know, as I as I conclude my opening statements, and it's this. And so Tuesday night, I'm watching the Braves Mets game. <laughs> And Charlie Morton is pitching. And so I'm watching the game, and I'm like, and I'm rooting on Charlie. And I'm like, come on, Charlie. You, you know, what let's go. I'm, I want to see you make some pitches and strike some guys out. So every time I say Charlie, and for those of you that don't know, my girlfriend, Allie, shout out to you, Allie, has an adorable, Pomeranian poodle mix named Charlie who is 10.5 pounds and thinks he rules the world. And every t- and every time I said Charlie, talking about Charlie Morton Charlie the dog would look at me and be like "No, what did I do? Or dog dad what did I do? Like come on man. And so it was really funny to see Charlie's reaction when I was watching Charlie Morton pitch. So shout out to you Charlie the dog. The coolest sports watching wingman around and I could go on and on about Charlie. I love the little guy to death. He, he's my world and I'm really lucky that I get to, that I get to be with him every day, and I get to spend as much time with Charlie as I do. So, props to you, Charlie. And those are my opening statements with what's going on in the world of sports. And so, we're going to connect with our guests via the FanPro Seasons fan line here in one second. And FanPro Seasons fans, we are back. We are going to connect via the Fan for All Seasons fan line where we bring on a guy who's been on this podcast before and he's arguably a very, a very knowledgeable sports guy. You know, I've talked about this guy before with this whole YouTube scene. I've got him now on the Fan for All Seasons fan line. He is my good friend from college, both Piedmont College and the University of Georgia, the man, the myth, the legend, the one of the best pickup basketball players I know, Mr.
1: Trayvon Johnson. Trayvon, how you doing, my dude? I'm doing great. Uh, so happy to be on once again, talking about something I know we both love, which is sports. Absolutely, man. Well, we're going to get things
0: tipped off here, Trayvon, with... With what is the talk of the town and arguably the talk of the state right now, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. And so, games three and four were completely different for the Hawks. And so, what stood out to you watching both performances, games three and four, respectively?
1: Um, well, I think I think they did a good job of keeping Milwaukee out of the paint. I think they did. a I think they also did a better job of closing out at three point line. And I think just overall, they kept Milwaukee in front of them. They didn't give up as many drive bys, and they just they just kept. They did a good job of moving. Their feet and keeping the player in front of them.
0: Absolutely. And the thing that really stood out to me in terms of game four as opposed to game three ha- had got to be the move that Nate made to, to bring in Cam Reddish and have Cam Reddish lock up Chris Middleton. I thought Reddish did a fantastic job and Nate they played that card perfectly, and that was the right time to use Cam when Middleton started heating up a little bit in Game 4. As far as Game 3, I know everybody wants to talk about, you know, the injury to Trey, and rightfully so. And, and I mean, I... I I just can't believe that that happened. I mean, of all the freaky sports stuff that you and I have seen, man. I mean, did you ever have thought in your mom's dream that a referee's foot would be the downfall of of our bright shining star, Mr. Trey Young? I mean, can you believe that?
1: dude? Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I, ne- I never, I never would have thought that that would that would have been the case. But uh, here we are. We just gotta hopefully weather the
0: storm and um overcome it. Absolutely. I believe we still haven't heard whether Trey's gonna play tonight or not. Now, Brandon, you and I are doing this show before game five and so i'm optimistic that we could see trey play tonight i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it i'm gonna go ahead and say it now into the podcast world i hope we see trey play tonight but i also understand if trey wants to give it one more rest and then be able to play in game six in atlanta because game six when we get there in atlanta i mean could you imagine the day that we could be having an atlanta train on? Like, Holy smokes, to That would be yeah, so um it could be a it could be a big party in
1: the town. Oh no
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Now I did now now I did hear this, Favon. I heard Clint Capella is I heard Clint Capella now he has a good chance of playing tonight. Now now what are your thoughts on Clint Capella? How he's handled um not, not only Giannis before Giannis got hurt, but also broke Lopez
1: down line. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a sign that Capell's gonna play and um as always I think he's gonna help us with uh, defense, especially in the paint, and hopefully he's he's done a great job at uh defense and rebounding, but uh hopefully we can see the offensive rebounds go up here tonight in games game five. Absolutely, absolutely. Well well we're
0: gonna get back on schedule here and I wanna talk to you about Cam Reddish, who I was talking about earlier. So so Cam made his presence felt in game 4 where he had 12 big points off the bench, 5 rebounds, 1 block and 2 steals. So how much of an impact do you think Cam can make for the rest of the playoffs?
1: Yeah, 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 uh, I love Cam. He had a he had a really good game. Um it was great to see how active he was. Um some players are a little hesitant when they return from injury, especially lower body injuries like Achilles, but I didn't I didn't see that from Cam. He looked like he was pretty much willing and able to go full speed and as, as good as he was as he continues to get in game shape. And gain more experience and more confidence, I think he'll be even better. And like you mentioned earlier, he uh I think he had, overall, he had good defense on Chris Middleton, but I think the best thing about his defense on Chris Middleton is that he just looked very uncomfortable, and he looked like he was never able to get into a booth.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I'm not only saying this, Trayvon, as the diehard Cam Reddish fan that I am, and it just so happens that I'm rocking Cam Reddish's jersey right now while we're recording this, but also... I really, I really like, I really like what you've gotten out of Cam so far, and what I mean by that, and I know you just touched on it a second ago, is it is his peskiness and and his just energy. Like like Cam is a lightning rod. He's just so long defensively, and he he really is an irritant. And I think he's gonna make Chris Middleton's life a living hack. Um, and, you know, as this series progresses, I really look for Cam Reddish to get more minutes, and I really think not only Cam Reddish but also Kevin. Hurley. I mean, the two of them have done such a good job defensively, and I'm just, and I'm really proud of where Kevin Herter has made his leaps and bounds, as well as Cam Reddish. I mean, you can tell that Cam and Kevin um, are in constant communication and have talked about defense and strategy and stuff, and and it it looks like to me that Reddish and some of Reddish's defensive prowess has has probably rubbed off on Kevin, because Kevin has done such a good job, he really has. So props to those two, Trayvon. Well, my next topic for you here, man, so game four was arguably the most active the Hawks had been defensively. And then on offense, the Hawks showed real improvement in terms of ball movement. And and so what do you expect? And and so what do you expect from the Hawks in game five tonight? as far as a mentality standpoint. Do do you expect them to come out with the same defensive intensity, the same ball movement that they had in Game 4.
1: Yes, I do. And I agree I agree with what you said about um, their activity on defense. And I think that, that that activity on defense will lead to easier points on offense. I think Game 4 showed us that um, anyone on this team can get us a bucket when we need one. And I think if they continue that same movement for Game 4, they put up a lot of points
0: tonight. No doubt, man. No doubt. And, and the way I look at it, I'm talking about Mr. Steeles himself, Bogie Boganovich. I think he had three steals the other night. I know Cam had a steal. So that's four steals right there from your back. And good defense leads to good offense. Transition basketball is arguably my favorite basketball to watch, as I know it is yours, Trayvon. I mean, all I have to do is just think about those days at the Piedmont gym where we'd be playing pickup and you'd steal it and go full court and then just tomahawk dunk on all of us and we're like, there's Trayvon. So, so yeah, I mean, tra- transition defense is key and I feel really good about where the Hawks are. I th- I think they're going to come out with the same, the, the same top. And tenacity from Nate. I, you know, Trayvon. Um, I want to get to something with you really quick. And it was in my opening remarks, in my in my opening statement on the show tonight. And the thing that I like about Nate, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Trayvon. When when Nate talks about being connected as one and being a fist, I when when he said that or when
1: he said that, like, like that just gets me really excited. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's it's good to see um, how he tried to just the team together and like they're always saying they all believe in, in the the city believes in them. The other the other team the other teams believe in them. I always when I'm looking at social media I always see the Falcons are uh, the top comment the top comment on their posts. So this, this team believes in each other and I know that the fans believe in them as well and a lot of that is thanks to Coach Nate. Absolutely. Well I
0: well I wanna get well our next topic, Jayvon, we're keeping it with the Hawks team here. <laughs> has got to be one John Collins. And he was non-existent in game four. He only scored four points. And just how frustrated were you watching Collins the other night and seeing everybody else have a big night and then Collins literally provides nothing for you, excuse me, offensively, and... You end up blowing the Bucks out. Are are you are wor- are you frustrated? Are you worried about where John Collins is offensively?
1: Um, I'm not worried about him, but yeah, it is it is frustrated. Um, we need we need more than that from John if we're gonna kick, beat the Bucks and if we're gonna win a championship. We need John to step up. Um, but I believe I believe he will bounce back, it, in, especially tonight with uh Giannis out. Um, I think his rebounds will no doubt go up, and like I said, with the absence of Giannis, I think that would allow that will allow for it. Sure that will give him the opportunity to thrive offensively. And I'm gonna say it right now, um, look out for a poster tonight from John Collins. That's another t-shirt. Oh, I like that, I like that.
0: I I, I definitely gotta find that shirt um, of him and Embiid. I I, I gotta find that. And I really like how, how, how you mentioned with Collins offensively. Um, And, and definitely the thing that I wanna see is I wanna see John Collins establish himself on the block, inside. I don't really think Milwaukee has anybody that can match up with him. I know Bobby Portis is physically fiz- But Collins is quicker and and John Collins has shown a variety of moves in his bag of tricks Well, I mean for one when he's down on the block the the shot that I loved it the shot that I love for him to take more has got to be that hook shot. When he gets that hook shot rolling, he's really dangerous. And then, and then you've got John's ability to expand his game offensively, and and that's got to be like with his mid range J and his three pointer. I, I I just want to see John Collins assert himself. I mean, I mean, I know he's an energy guy and he'll give you and he'll give you energy and stuff. But but we're talking about a guy, you know, Traylon, at the end of the year, and is looking to get paid, and I I want him to be here. And Trayvon, I don't know if you had a chance to read that article that he wrote in the Players' Tribune, but but reading that article from Collins before game four, I mean, you can just hear, or not hear, but you can just see and read the words of passion coming from him, and I'm like, the thing that I love about him is Collins loves it here. He wants to be here, but I wanna see John Collins produce. I really do. I, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say, it. I, I see John Collins as a max player. He's gonna have to step up. I mean, I mean, without Trey, I mean, depending on tonight. But I'm really looking for for John to step up, you know, assert himself on the block and go to work, go to work. All right, Trayvon. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here with the Hawks talk. Man, our last topic is similar. And so what's your gut feeling on the rest of this series, man, as far as the Hawks and the box, Now, are you seeing it where the Hawks close out, game close out in six in Atlanta, or do you think this game goes seven, my friend? Uh, I
1: think they're in pretty good shape. I think that they showed in game four that this is a very, very deep team, and anybody on this team can play will
0: need one. And so I'm going to say Hawks. Ooh, I like it. I like it, Mr. Johnson. I like where your head's at. I got to agree with you, man. I think it goes six. You, you know, as I teased at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show before I vote you on I definitely got to go with Hawks and Six I I, I just got a feeling that we're going that we're gonna go into Milwaukee and we're gonna we're gonna TCB we're gonna take care of business and I think the Bucks are in shell shock you know after all this Giannis stuff and and I, I I just like us I really like us I mean Trayvon why not us it's our time in Atlanta it's our time the believe mantra like all like the fist the connecting is one from Coach Nate I, I just got a feeling that it's our time dude it's our time and so so, I got the Hawks in six. And if they win tonight, Trayvon, you, you know, as we talked about, like, like can you imagine Saturday night in Atlanta? Like, like the State Farm crowds have been nuts. But can you imagine what it's going to be like? Game six in Atlanta to go to the NBA final, potentially. Like, holy smokes. I mean, State Farm is going to go out of its Mine, my friend out of its mind well Trayvon we're gonna switch sports here we're, we're gonna go over to the baseball diamond and we're gonna talk a little Atlanta Braves baseball my friend and so my first topic with you with the Braves is, so this is a critical homestand for the Braves with the Mets and the Marlins and so what have been
1: your thoughts on the first few games with the Mets um for the most part I think at least from the Braves, I think it's been solid pitching. Even even Morton in um, the game Tuesday, I didn't think he was so bad. And uh free last night, uh, he only gave up two runs, and both both came in the both came in the first. So after that, he pretty much um, locked locked them down and um, didn't allow any more runs. And um, of course, uh,
0: there's the an offensive explosion last night as well. No doubt, man, no doubt. Well, definitely how I look at it, I want to piggyback off what you were saying. I thought Charlie Morton pitched his guts out the, the other day on Tuesday. I know there are people that are being critical Mean like, oh, Snap left him in too long. No, the the reason why you bring Charlie Morton in Morton in here is for big series like this. I know it was June. I know it. Well, wait, it's July. I know it was June a few days ago. But Charlie Morton has proven that he that he that he is ready for moments like this, and he is not scared of moments like this. And and so I think going forward, I think Charlie Morton is without a doubt one of your best pitchers when he gets his curveball working, and he's able to mix in his fastball curveball mix. When he's able to do that and locate for strikes. He's a bad man on the mound. And I thought Freed pitched really well. I was fortunate enough to be in the building last night, and I know Max gave up the two-run homer to Alonzo, but Freed settled down. He pitched five innings. I thought he pitched pretty well. Um, I, I definitely think the rotation is starting to come into its own. And Kyle Muller, Trayvon, I don't know if you watched the game Sunday, but Kyle Muller ha- has got some swag about him. Now, I've compared him last week on the podcast to a young John Lester. I think I think he's kind of got that, that that moxie about him, that that fire. Ball, left arm, where he's got arguably the best fastball, according to the Braves, in the minor league system, and and I and I believe it with Kyle Maher and so I feel like the rotation started to come into its own. As far as this series with the Marlins, the Marlins are in free fall mode. I mean, I think it was Tuesday the Marlins made the trade where they traded Corey Dickerson and Adam Simber, the guy who used to pitch for Cleveland, um, to the to the Blue Jays, and so the Marlins are in free fall mode, and so all the Braves have to do is just take care of business. Now I get the Braves are about. Out to face an alien in Jacob deGrom. We'll get to Jacob deGrom in a second. But all in all, I think this is a big homestand for the Braves, and and I like how they've handled their business so far against the Mets. I like how they've done that so far. And so our next topic, everyone. so last night, you know, as I mentioned, um, the Braves put up 20 runs, and as I mentioned, I was fortunate enough to be in the building. Now, now, watching the game or listening to the game or or even just looking at the box score last night, you, you know, as a fan, when you look at a box score like that, <laughs> And does a performance like that give you hope for the Braves going forward, Trayvon? Um, that, that, that this offense can get going and that they that they can sustain this, or is this just one of those fluky things, Trayvon, that baseball is, ha, has shown us throughout the year? <laughs>
1: Well, I, it does give me hope, um, and I hope I hope they understand that we don't necessarily need 20 runs every night. But if we can just be a little bit more consistent, and if we can maybe get six, seven, or eight, eight a night, I think we'll be in good shape, and I think we'll end up with a lot of a lot
0: of wins. No doubt, man, no doubt. I mean, they're I mean they're th- I think they're four. Uh, or oh, no, not four. I think they're three and a half back on the match right now, and and so and so this is a big so this is a big game tonight with Degrom. I know Degrom's an alien. We'll get. To Degrom in a second, but but from where I stand, I you know watching watching that last night, I couldn't believe when I was watching. And I know you're not going to score 20 runs every game, but but I agree with you. And and what we saw in the performance last night from different people like Ozzy and Acuna and Riley and Freeman. Is what we saw was consistent at bats, and the and the bottom of the order hit two. Haredia had two hits. Kevin or Smith, Kevin on, Smith had two hits. I mean, I mean, what what we saw last night was really special. I definitely think that this offense has potential to to do what it did, but to to do to do special things going forward. I, now what I think a game like that does for them going forward is, is it gives them tremendous confidence that, that hey, what, hey, you know, we can put together big innings, and we can create traffic on the bases, and we can make things happen. And so as a brace fan, that, that gives me a lot of hope. That gives me a lot of hope. So, Trayvon, our next topic here, we're, we're going to talk about Jacob deGrom, the alien that is Jacob deGrom. And so Degrom has been almost putting up video game like stats. And and so as a fan of baseball, and how much fun do you have watching a guy like Jacob Degrom pitch? And even if it's against the Braves, or you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but well like like you said, he's a he's a he's a alien. He's a he's a monster. He's a freak. Um, He's fun to watch. Uh, probably more fun to watch when he's not playing the Braves. Uh, but yeah, he's got a lot of pitches that he can do a lot of damage with. He's got a filthy filthy fastball, uh, filthy sliders, filthy changeup. Um, those are those are good pitches to have, and he uh, gets a lot of outs, a lot of strikeouts with him. He really
0: does. I mean, I mean the the, the thing that stands out to me about the Grom when I watch him pitch, I've never seen a guy you know rear back and make throwing a hundred mile an hour fastball with the movement that he's able to get on it, it looks so easy. I mean, it looks like. He's playing catch and he's throwing 100 miles an hour. I mean, I mean, DeGrom, I mean, Degrom without a doubt has got to be the pitcher of this generation. I mean, now I know people back in the day will talk about Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver and you know great pitchers of the past like that. But but as far as like where you and I stand, Trayvon, I mean, Degrom's doing stuff that like that like greats of the past haven't even done. I mean, DeGrom, I mean, Degrom is an alien and not to mention Degrom can also hit for a pitcher too. I think he's got I want to say like six hits on the year. I mean, I mean Degrom's a pretty good. Athlete. And the, the the interesting but the interesting thing about Degrom is coming up. Jacob Degrom was also a shortstop and a pitcher at Stetson College, which is in Florida. And so it shows me that Degrom is an athlete. I mean, he is like Mr. Met up there. And, and as a fan of baseball, I really enjoy watching Jacob Degrom pitch. I really do. And and even if it is against the Braves, as much as he makes me want to pull my hair out, I'm just like, you know, you're watching great. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Trayvon, our final topic on the show tonight in terms of the Braves, I want you to put on your GM hat. I want you to put. I want you to. Yeah, I want you to put on your GM hat, Braves. And so, what area of the club do the Braves need to address via the trade deadline? And Trayvon Johnson. Um,
1: I think they need to address relief pitching. Uh, I wouldn't say anyone in the current bullpen is bad, but I think there are a few who are just inconsistent. And I think consistency is something we desperately need right now. I feel like we've given up too many leads, and I feel like we need to bring in somebody that can preserve the lead whenever the starting
0: pitcher leaves the game. Yeah. Um, now, no, are you talking about like a lockdown closer? Or are you talking about just like middle relief help, Trayvon? Just,
1: just yeah,
0: middle relief help. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. For me, where I go on this, Trayvon, and is from my standpoint, I look at left field. And what we lack, my friend, is thumb. And I would love to see the Braves go out and get a guy like a Trey Mancini from Baltimore who can absolutely hit the cover off the ball. Or a Joey gallo from texas who would be a nice fit in left field for the braves i've also heard rumors about you know maybe the braves trying to bring adam duvall back from the marlins i know the marlins are stowing off and looking to have another fire sale of a year and duvall would be really cheap too and he's got really good pop i mean there's a lot of different ways the braves could go um but for me, but for me, as far as where I stand, I I just look at left field and and we and we desperately need some pop, dude. We desperately need some pop. Now I will say I agree with you about the relief thing. I think some middle relief would be nice. But at the end of the day, man, I think we need pop. I think we need a stick in here. You know, somebody to protect Freeman. Somebody somebody to protect Riley, righty or lefty. I mean, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a left fielder. You could get a center fielder and do a platoon with Amante and Heredia in uh in left field and have and have the new bat place center and there's a lot of different ways you can go but I but I just think in order to win in today's baseball what you need is you need a big stick I can help you out well Trayvon I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and talking a variety of sports with us enjoy game five and game six my friend and we will talk to you on down the road okay absolutely thanks again for
1: having me
0: on absolutely absolutely you are so welcome my friend and we'll talk to you on down the road all right take care Alright buddy, so that was a good interview we did with our good friend Trayvon Johnson. And so now we are going to move to the final part of the show. And I want to tell you guys about the Fan Frost Seasons podcast. You know where you can find us, and you can go to fanfrostseasons.com, you can check out our website, you can check out our merchandise. It's T-shirt season. We have the comfy colors T-shirts. You can check those out. They're really cool. They look great. So we have them in a variety of colors. So check them out. And you can also go to the website where you can where you can listen to past episodes. You can. There's a sweet bio about RG3 and I. You know how the podcast came to be. And it's really really fun. As I've mentioned on the show before, I enjoy doing this podcast. I love bringing you guys local sports from the fan perspective every week. This, this podcast means so much to me. I love being behind the mic and you know, talking about something that I love. Which which is sports. And so I just really appreciate all the listeners for listening every week and for buying the gear and for taking time to get caught up on local sports every week. So thank you, the listeners, for making this show what it is. And so before we get out of here, let's get a word from our sponsor. Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic, original oak-smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at So this has been Jam and Joe for another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya! Go Hawks and go Braves.